Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. I appreciate you, brother. You guys are you guys are in for something very special. Just real quick before I release the mic. Tonight is comedy night. Bring a friend. Tomorrow we've got something special for the men. Today, the word of the Lord. Lean in because he's got something really good for you. Thank you, brother. Another round of applause. Another round. I don't think you might quite realize, if you've never had your own church, the responsibility that a pastor takes when he releases his pulpit and the sacred space where God's word's supposed to be spoken, when he releases the mic to somebody else. In other words, I want you to appreciate and maybe even give a round of applause to your pastor who's risking his entire ministry. Allowing me to speak this morning. He's taking a gamble, taking a, taking, taking a big chance. Now, do I really mean that? Is he really taking a risk? Not really, but kind of. Why do I mean that? Because he's a pastor. He seeks God. His responsibility is to you. You're his flock. His responsibility is to this church building. His responsibility is to Rupert. His responsibility is to the territory that he has influence. His responsibility is to seek more territory. That's what he's here for. So he listens to God. He has to, or he's, he's going to have the wheels come off because he's got to be specially careful because unfortunately the Bible says you're doubly judged if you teach every day this man's life is on the line as he speaks to you people especially if you screw it up So if you do, it's not his fault. He's seeking anyways for whatever reason, whatever happens behind the scenes when he's uh, behind the scenes when he's on his own or with his wife or with his board or with his people praying and seeking what's the next step, the next season for Grace Church, what's next? God tells him what to do, he does it, and this time <laughs> you got me. So If you don't know, let's find out. How many people know who I am? A round of applause, raise your hand, whatever. A few, a half, half, good, good, a few people here and there. How many people have no idea how I'm here or why I'm here or why I won't shut up? How many people, there they are, there's the people, there's where they are. Well, good, well, maybe you're new to this. Ma'am, I'm just getting started. I swear it gets better. No, seriously, you're going to love me. Does she wander in and out a lot? I don't know, I will... I'll be here when you come back, I promise. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) I love that when I say things like that to joke with the folks. They're used to a pastor, a little bit more solemn, right? And then I joke around and I see the faces of the people when they first hear about me. Oh, he's a Christian comedian. Great. Where's your puppet? And um, (laughs) and, and if you're in the puppet ministry, you know, (laughs) quit because you're embarrassing us. But... um, One guy in the back with a trunk. Let's get out of here. What the heck? He's gone too far this time. I know you're not used to me. I know I'm getting scary to you. Good. I hope you're scared. Hope you're on edge. Hope you don't know what's coming. This is how it works. God's got a different voice this time. It's me. And I've got some things to talk to you about today that, he, that your pastor might talk about in different language, different times. Maybe he eases you into it. Not me. We're going in the deep end. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. I didn't call for this. Trust me. Trust me when I tell you. Did not ask for this ministry. Didn't want it. Didn't have anything to did, was not curious, wanted to be a comedian. That's all I wanted to do. Didn't ask to be taken to another level of spiritual depth, some kind of foundational truth that God wants me to use. Didn't want to do any of that nonsense. And guess what? He said, <laughs> tough. <laughs> Didn't ask you. Because that's how it works. God doesn't ask you where to go. He asks you, will you go? And if you say yes, buckle up. 
Because he's like, I trust you. Here we go. Let's roll. That's how God works. So I'm going to tell you quickly in a simple little story about me and what got me started in this new realm of my ministry that started out as simply comedy. Oh, look, we have an orphan. <laughs> Our homeless are very young here in Rupert. They just wander into the church periodically, and next thing you know, they have a family. You're good people. So, exactly, just throw them in. What the heck? It's a new farmhand. Uh, it's Idaho. We'll take all we can get. <laughs> But here's what I wanted to say to you today, and it's kind of where God's taken me. I never know exactly where God's taken me because I don't know exactly. Oh, there you were. We worried sick about you. <laughs> Thanks for coming, ma'am. All right. So we want to use this time to speak about what God might want to say to you this morning, which is a unique morning. Never happened before. will never happen again. This is a once in a lifetime. This moment will be for somebody for some reason. I don't know who. I don't know where. I don't know why. But this is the way it works because there are no problems. There is no uh, 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 actual accidents in God's world. Only providence. He's orchestrating everything. Even if you came here and thought you did it on your own volition, you didn't. I mean, you had to make a choice, and God allows you that privilege, but he had a, a place for you to be here today. So I'm going to presume that that's why you're here, and I'm just going to let him speak and see what happens. So a couple of things about me. If you do not know, I have been a professional comedian for over 30 years. Uh, I started out in 1988. I was a, always a Christian. I was always uh, a conservative. As a matter of fact, you should know that. I am a Christian. I am a conservative, and I believe that the United States, as the founding fathers originally intended, is the greatest nation in human history. And because of... And because of those three belief systems, when I die, I'll be stuffed and mounted and sent to the Smithsonian under the why he was never invited to a Hollywood party display. Why, this comedian whose trajectory into the mainstream comedy clubs that I worked in, all the best, all the biggest, the improvs in Melrose on Hollywood, all the comedy stores, all the shows around the nation, all the places I've been, all the 50 states I've been, all the comics I know, all the things that I had to do with this comedy thing that's very difficult to do, God had another plan. A deeper plan, a more important plan. And I got a flash for you. Before you leave today, you're going to have to grasp the fact that he's got one for you too. Whether you like, and one person has heard the call. <laughs> one lone person, all right. Get on with it. Go, give me the news. Go ahead. Where am I going? I think it's going to be Cameo. <laughs> I just said that because I visited that. And I said Cameo, and all the Idahoans are going, please, God, no. <laughs> Beautiful place, by the way. I am not here to make things simple or safe. I have been called by God, and this, as these words are about to leave and exit my mouth, they will do that with the full knowledge that it still befuddles me. It's, it's difficult for me to speak the words out because it seems so ridiculous. And yet I have finally resigned myself to accept my fate. I was told by God to be a prophet to the church. You want to know how bad things have gotten in the United States of America when God has to scrape the barrel and put Stein out there, the comedian, to speak to the church. Because he'll use anything he can get his hands on as long as that anything will just do one thing, obey. So here we go. I wanted to uh, explain something to you quickly. 
about me, just so I can give you a quick synopsis about how this all started and how we ended up where, 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 I, where I am to be here today. Um, I was born in a small town in Indiana called Bremen, Indiana. I never bring it up. I never mention I'm from Indiana. I don't know why. I guess it's because every time I've ever said, hey, I'm from Indiana, you know, it's always some guy in the crowd goes, hey, Indiana, I'm from here too. <laughs> you know. And usually we're related. So I... keep it to myself, but I, I can't help where I was born, none of us can. I was born in uh, Bremen, Indiana. Next time, can you guys sit even further away from the rest of the people? I think there's some room in the parking lot you might want to go to next time. How badly do you not want to get in the anointing? I mean, I don't know how frightened you are of corona, but this is going way too far. Is, it, is that one of your staffs? Oh. Yeah. One of the staff going, let's sit over here so we can sneak out if he sucks. Can I use that word in church? A lot of churches don't like you to say sneak. Um, Let me say this first. Let me say this first. If you were at the first service, some of you, is anybody at the first service? Can you stick around? Look at that. It worked. Okay. That was a different one than what we're doing today. Okay? This, this service. It's just the way it works. When you're a prophet, you kind of say, God, I, have, I don't have any notes. I don't take, I just, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Here's my question to you before I tell you the rest of my little story. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why do you go to church? You love God? Okay. 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 Good. Now, keep in mind, everything that comes out of your mouth, you're going to be held accountable for. That's not a threat. Yeah, that's it. Iron sharpens iron. Good. You have trained these people to speak, Pastor. Well done. You're speaking out. Good for you. You should. Why? Because we're a body. We're a family. We're communicating. I ask you a question, and you just answer me those questions, and they're good. They're all, every answer is good. It's legitimate. It's Christian theology based. Absolutely 100% accurate statements. But they come with a price. And in the United States, for so long... The cost of Christianity was nothing. It cost you nothing. And when something costs you nothing, you have no respect for it. When something costs you nothing, it can come or go. When something costs you nothing, you can take it or leave it. When something costs you nothing, you have no skin in the game. When something costs you nothing, you don't have to really care about it. Paid nothing for those tickets, so if I want to leave halfway through, didn't hurt me a bit. That is not Christianity. This is the truth. We created a culture in America that made the most dangerous, pathetic mistake you could make with our faith. We made it safe. If it's actual, fully committed, 
all in. I'm your slave, God. I'm your, your servant, God. I am dead to you, God. I am crucified to you, God. If that's really you, it's dangerous. Because not only does it cost you everything, it allows you to do anything. And if it allows you to do anything to the enemy, you are dangerous. And for that reason, you're in a battle you may not have signed up for, and it's going to hurt. We have a new Christianity known as progressivism. That's what it's called. It's called progressivism. It's where we want to be very sensitive to people's feelings, even if it's at the sake of a gospel imperative or a theological truth or a biblical idea. We'll even set that to the side as long as you aren't insulted or feel bad or get your feelings disrupted. Well, that's okay because Jesus is love. We'll be seeker friendly. We'll be so seeker-friendly that those who seek us won't realize this is a Christian church. Oh, this is what Christianity's like. You're just like me. You hold me to no accountability. You never judge my behavior. You never expect me to act in a disciplined way. You never tell me that I'm wrong. You never say there's such a thing as sin. You never tell me that my behavior is sinful and it's up to me to change it. You don't change anything in me other than to make me feel good about myself. As a matter of fact, I might as well skip church and go to a Tony Robbins convention. I might as well go and visit some self-help organization because apparently there's nothing at stake if I become a Christian. It makes me feel good about me. That's what progressivism is. It counterfeits the word love to sound like what we always thought it meant, complete commitment, absolute uh, 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 authority uh, of this covenant I'm making with someone. If that's for me, I'm in the middle of a service. <laughs> they have a new one with an off switch. Just, just saying, just look into that. <laughs> I am preaching it, sister. Yeah. I am preaching it, sister. I am preaching it, sister, because I've called to do this. I didn't want to. What am I talking about? Why did I bring up progressivism? Because it's called progressive because it sounds as though it's good. We're moving forward. We're maturing. We're evolving. We're changing. Notice in progressivism, which also is connected to what we now know as the left or leftism, and notice very carefully. Listen to me very carefully, okay? Okay? I don't, and I've had this accused of me before. You're political. That doesn't belong in the church. First thing I say to you, and this is what I want you to learn today as Christians. First thing you need to do at all times when somebody accuses you or something or uses some sort of uh, uh, idea or concept by which they label you, always say this, let's define our terms. So if you say, um, for example, that, um, I don't know, that you love, that Jesus is love, guess what? That's true. It's true. So what's the, then why do we clash when we try to have a conversation, get to deeper places? You know why? They define love different. The word is taken and recreated in its own image of the secular humanist, postmodernist, who doesn't believe in truth. 
We are being destroyed in America because of 1928 and the Frankfurt School where Marxists decided that they were going to realize that Marxism isn't working and that the, uh, uh, the, the proletariat is not in fact rising up against the bourgeoisie and so we're not making this economic change in the Europe. So what if we were to change that and turn it into not an economic system and philosophy, what if we were to make it um, a cultural phenomenon? What what if the oppressed is no longer the working class and the oppressor is no longer the owner of production? What if we were to make the oppressed all these groups of people that will isolate and create a one-size-fits-all perspective as who they are? We will have a black group of people, or African-American, whatever you want to call it. We're going to have a Latino group of people. We're going to have women. We're going to have a, a lesbian group of people. We're going to have homosexual group of people. We're going to have all these people who are put into a very specific group and told, this is who you are. This is all you get. You're nothing else. Don't think for yourself. Not allowed to think outside of the box. You become this identity. You are one group. You're part of the matrix. Do not take the red pill. <laughs> you can't get out of this. We need an oppressor. We need an oppressor. We can't take power from the people if we don't have somebody to fight. What if the uh, oppressor is not just the owner of the uh, product? What if they are... And this is what they teach. So be very careful, church. Listen to me. Because we live in a culture now where you're taught to feel offended and uncomfortable, even if truth is spoken, if it makes you feel like you don't like what you're hearing. If that's how you live your life, make me make this very clear. You're not a Christian. The world rules you. We don't have any more time or tolerance for false Christians who claim our moniker, live like the world, and wonder why the world has no interest in the actual Christians, because we make it too hard. When we call the other Christians to come and be part of our body, and to help these poor folks who are blind and have bought the lie, and we're asking them, you need to let them know what's really going on so they can repent and get saved and come and join the body of Christ, which is set apart. But they don't. They come to your church. You speak, here's what God says. I didn't write the Bible. Well, you Christians believe this. You're, 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 you're racist, you're homophobic, you're intolerant, you're bigoted. Wait a minute. Where did you get that information? It's in your Bible. I didn't write that. God did. You got a problem? Talk to God. He's the author of the rule book that teaches us how the world works. That's what the Bible's for. I asked you when I first got here, why did you come here? Now, we had wonderful answers. Uh, uh, Orange Shopping Zara, one man said, we come here to help each other understand the word and to hold each other accountable. We had some other uh, thoughts. I forgot, uh, what, was, uh, what did you say you came for? To fellowship, was that what it was? To love God, yeah. So we have all these different reasons why we came, and that's important. But, oh. Sorry, Lord, I hurry up. Holy smoke. And the Lord said, and it rained 40 days. I guess I'm going to have to flood Stein out of Rupert's. He's gone off the edge. No, God Almighty didn't let me go off the edge. He's speaking to you today. Do you believe? When I, when I tell you that God is speaking to you through me as a prophet to the church. As I said, it's kind of embarrassing because it feels weird. It feels self-righteous or arrogant because, oh, oh, you're the prophet, are you? And I'm not the, in six years, 
the locust will invade the space and the horse, the winged horse will come on, on lava hoofs and it was, I'm not that guy. I'm John the Baptist eating bugs, wearing camel's hair and scaring the crap out of all you people. That's my prophet anointing. That's a different type of prophet. Someone who speaks hard things to their own. Remember the people that came to see the freak out in the wilderness, John the Baptist, were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were supposed to be part of the body. They were supposed to be us, of us. But they were progressive. Now, of course, they were hardcore. They were what we would call now legalists, dogmatic, to the point of caring more about their ideas and their traditions than people. So there's always this fine line. Progressivism is another stolen word. Progress, the assumption that we're getting better, right? Isn't that what progress means? When you hear somebody says we're progressives, what do they always presume? That where they're going is better than where we are. Have they proven that? When I say we're going to get rid of this 2,000 years of tradition and turn it into this brand new one we just invented, and that will be progress, my question to them is, prove it. See, the reason we have traditions is because it has hundreds, maybe thousands of years of proof of concept. This really works. You know what they used to call that? Wisdom. This has worked. It truly is the right side of history. We actually have a history to observe. But they turn it into something else. We don't like what this does because it causes us to have to alter our behavior and, even worse, call our behavior sinful. So we will simply make it easy. What, call people to repentance? No. Call people to have to ask for forgiveness? No. Call people to have to speak that there are some behaviors that are sinful? Nope. We're simply going to say there is no sin. You understand in America, we're in a post-modern culture. Well, it's all around the world, but I'm speaking of here because this is what I'm responsible for. I live here. Postmodernism, one of the things it teaches is there's no truth. It's called relativism. What it means is whatever's right for you is fine. Whatever's right for me is fine. What if what's right for me is killing you? See, even the baby <laughs> says, oh, yeah, that's rough. What if it's right for me, causes you harm? Then what do they have to say? Well, yeah, you can do whatever you want as long as you don't harm people. Why should that be a rule? Well, because it's immoral. Where do your morals come from? You just said to me, there are no absolute truths. If I want to kill you, there's nothing immoral about Now, we can create cultural conventions. We can create rules that we decide to live by. We can do that, but those are just subjective. Those are just people making up some arbitrary rules. Let's just make it, you don't shoot me, I won't shoot you. Does it sound like a good idea? Sure, sounds like a great idea. But what keeps me having to live that way? What forces me to have to do that? And the answer is nothing. Not if evolution is true. How about I shoot you, take your wife, because that's what I want, take your kids, take your money, because I survived. Survival is all that drives Darwinism. There's no morals. You think there's morals in Darwinism? Go watch the leopard find some crippled old impala or wildebeest and watch him rip its neck out alive while it eats it alive. There's your ethics. There's your Darwinism. Welcome to the real world. How come we don't try them for murder? You know why we don't try animals for murder? Because animals don't have a soul. Animals aren't made in the image of God. 
Animals don't have inductive and deductive reasoning. Animals aren't able to make moral choices. Why? Because human beings were made unique in the universe. You're made in the image of God. You are sacred because you exist. The moment you're conceived, you're valuable. The moment you're conceived, you are to be protected and defended. Because that seed is the beginning of the life you're about to live. It always blows my mind when they say, well, it's really not a person yet. Well, what's it going to be? Aardvark? What's it going to be? Not a person yet. No. And a baby isn't a toddler yet. And a toddler isn't a teenager yet. And a teenager isn't an adult yet. So why don't we just say, if you're still a teenager, we can kill you because you're not fully adult yet. Why don't we say I can kill you as a baby because you're not fully a toddler yet? Why don't we just say I can kill you in the womb because you're not out of the womb yet? Why do we make arbitrary ideas? Wait a minute. Yeah, but it's just a clump of cells. It is. You still are. We're made of cells. We're made of the, 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 uh, uh, all of the materials that are in the universe. I love it when these scientists say, well, we're just made of stardust. We're not much. Yeah, we are. God used all the materials he invented to create stars and worlds and moons and waters and humans. And then he breathed life into his nostrils and he became a living soul. We became like God. What? You heretic. Blaspheme. We're not transcendent like God is, though we will live forever. We don't have, we're not uh, uh, have all-powerful. We're not omniscient, omnipresent, uh, uh, omnipotent. Of course not. We, don't, we can't create things ex nihilo like God does. He's the only uncaused cause. He's the only unmoved mover. He's the only one that existed pre-everything else. Well, you know, I've heard these... I wish I had, like, more time. Uh, people... I, I hear this crazy crap. And, and I'm sorry I say crap, but it's a... I could use another word. So just be happy I stuck at crap. Oh, by the way, just to let you know, Paul used that word. I find my former works to be as dung. If you know anything about exegesis and how to tell what actual words were used, he didn't say dung. He said that deeper word of poo-poo. <laughs> oh, and just for, a, just for a free little note, just for a free little note, do you know why the word S-H-I-T is considered bad, but we can say poop? or log, or feces. I mean, they all mean the exact same thing. Why is one word representing the same thing off limits? You want to know why? Because that used to be the word used by the peasants. And those peasants were beneath the royalty. So they made even their language less than. You see, that's what group identity does. I'm in Idaho. 50 years ago, I'm guessing Idaho was pretty white. Not now. What does that mean? This is what America really has always been. A bunch of immigrants from a bunch of different areas of the world bring in the best of their culture. This nation would not have been as great as it is if other people from other cultures, which were older, didn't bring what they had. But here's, once again, the difference between words. What is the word pushed by leftism, multiculturalism? What do we always think that means? Well, see, all cultures should be respected. But that's not what they mean. Multiculturalism to them means all cultures are equally good. They're not. Nazis aren't good. That was a culture. Had they won the war, Jews wouldn't exist. Communism has done more evil 
More damage, more death, more destruction to more human beings in the 20th century than every other religion put together in what it might have accidentally harmed people. Some has done some terrible things. In the name of religion, some people have done some, some terrible things. But you'll hear people say that religion is the number one cause of, of, of war. No, it isn't. Matter of fact, it's about, mm, I think it's about Maybe six, they, 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 they did a study in all the wars. I think it's like 6% of all the wars were religious. No, it's 12% because if you took Islam out, it gets down to six. In other words, by far, this is history. The, when they find all the wars that have happened and what caused them, by far it was secular humanism. More, communism has killed more people. Nazism has killed more people in the 20th century than all wars combined. It's evil. Guess what communism is? Marxism. Guess what cultural Marxism is? Political correctness. Did you know that? Did you know that the word political correct is a word for cultural Marxism? Cultural Marxism was back to the Frankfurt School. I was mentioning to you guys earlier. What does it mean? We find our groups. We make them oppressed. We find the oppressor. And here's the reality, folks. Here's the reality. If you have a brain and you listen to the news, who's the oppressor? White, male, Christian, conservative patriots. This is their language, not mine. The way that Critical race theory works is this. We're going to take different people, give them an oppressive status. If you are black, you are oppressed. If you are black and a woman, you get another point. You're really oppressed. If you're black and a woman and a lesbian, you get another point. You're even more oppressed. If you're black, lesbian, a woman who's in a wheelchair, you get another point. And you're even deeperly oppressed. And if you're a black, lesbian, woman in a wheelchair that... Uh, I don't even know how far it can go. You literally get points for your oppressiveness. And you get to get to the top of the food ladder and say, I get to get even more stuff from the government and from the people because I'm the deepest oppressed of all. If you're white, you can't, you, you can't be oppressed. Do you know? Listen to me carefully, guys. And I know this is always dangerous to say in a church. But it shouldn't be, and I'll tell you why. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said that the father of lies is your enemy. Your entire life as a Christian. Why do you come here? Well, do we want to come to hear the word of God. Your pastor speaks it well and eloquently. But what it really boils down to is you come to a Christian church to learn the truth about life. And anything that deviates from that is a lie. It's why we're told to pray for our enemies, not because they're worse than us. They're not. God said there are none righteous. No, not one. The reason we pray for our enemies is because they believed a lie. You're supposed to feel sorry for them. They made a horrible mistake. That doesn't mean there's not evil people. There are. But many of them are just blind. So this is what's happening. Now, you, some of you might think, and I hope you do. I hope there's some of y'all going, yeah, I don't think you should speak about these things in the church. I hope you think that way right now. Why? Because you're wrong. The reason the Christian church is so powerful historically is because it always took on the biggest issues of the day and decided to define them the way God saw them. This is what we are. This is who we are. This is our lineage. During Roman times and Greek times, there was no such thing as intrinsic human value. There was only instrumental human value, the same type of thing we would see by leftism or progressivism or scientism. Scientism is simply the worship of science as the all-knowing idea of how life works. Okay? So listen carefully. There was no such thing as intrinsic value. Intrinsic means you're valuable because you exist. Instrumental value means you're only valuable as long as you can help society. After that, we can weed you out. There's where genocide comes from. That's where abortion comes from. You're in my way. I got a career. It's my body. Keep your hands off my body. I will. I agree. I want the government off of my body. Unfortunately, you have another body inside yours. It's not your body. 
somebody else's. Well, that's hard. What if there's some woman here that's had an abortion? God forgive you. What if there's somebody here that feels bad because she had an abortion? You should. Sinful. Be grateful you feel bad about it. It means you hear from God. Not complicated. Oh, oh, oh. And by the way, if you hear from God and you feel bad, oh, I did the wrong thing, the answer is right. You did. The answer is God will forgive you. Oh, and by the way, and this is even more important, and he also asks you to take that shame and give it back to him. He'll get rid of it because you don't have to sit in that anymore. You are free. That's what happens when Christianity is actually applied to the culture at hand. We're not teaching that in church, and consequently, we've crumbled. Why is progressive churches vanishing? Why are all these classical denominations losing members? Because they are vapid. They, are, they, they, they have nothing to teach. They've lost all their substance. Don't you understand leftism? Notice what I said, leftism. I didn't talk about Democrats, even though they are usually leftists uh, by name. I didn't call them by name. I'm not allowed to. This is what my faith teaches me, and I despise it. I'm forbidden to hate people, even people that should be hated. I'm forbidden, commanded to hate ideas that are not God's. Otherwise, why are you here? You have the light. You come to church to understand the depth of what you believe. For what? So I can feel better about my faith? No. Feel good about it. Have the depth of it. Have the understanding of it. Have the joy of it. And then take it out into the streets and give it away. That's Christianity. We have an obligation to people who aren't like us. We have to feel sorry for them, pray for them, and hope they be, get redeemed. Why? Because everybody here is terminally ill. Oh, so-and-so found out he's got cancer. It's so terrible. This child died at three. It's so terrible. Of course it's terrible. You know why you feel like it's terrible? Because a soul, uh, a human being is about to die. We weren't designed to die. Another clue that God's real. He makes us abhor death because death is the punishment for our failure. We should feel bad. We screwed up. These are clues that God's really here. This is real. God's real. If you went home today, an alien landed in your backyard. Got out of a spaceship, walked up and said, yeah, I'm from Mars. Just wanted to let you know. Got back to the ship, took off. Nobody saw it, just you. Didn't record it. Would you tell anybody? <laughs> You'd go to your friend and say, you, you, you are not going to believe what just happened to me. What? An alien landed in... In the backyard, what? Yeah, using a shit. And he came out, and he looked, what do you look like? You know, like in the movies, and he's just green with the, what? Yeah, and then he just talked to me, said I'm from Mars. He got back, shot off. What are you talking? No, he really, I saw, I watched him. It's amazing. It's, no, he, I don't believe you. Would you then say, oh, you're right. I guess I didn't see that. Or would you say, you guys can mock me and I, until I become the town drunk that they feel sorry for because here's a guy that believes in the alien. But you'll say, I cannot deny what I saw. The reason that you sit here today is because Christianity exists. The reason Christianity exists is because God Almighty who actually came down as an alien because he's transcendent. He's, he doesn't live in space, matter, and time. He invented it. Didn't exist until he said, let's have that. Do you understand why, you know, I believe in God. If I, he'd just show up and pop himself. You can't see God. He's his spirit. Also, it says if you were to see God, you would die. Whatever he is, remember, we're talking about somebody that is so magnificent. They know everything. There's, he, God has nothing to learn. He's everywhere. He's got nowhere to visit. 
He's omnipotent. He has nothing to do. Nothing to invent. But he made us. And I've heard people say this. Well, he just wanted to share his love with other people. Wait a minute. That presumes he was missing something. God's not missing anything. He's trying. See, we're Christians. We believe in a tri-unity of the spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three separate entities that are one and three. Weird? Of course it's weird. So is quantum mechanics. But that's what it deals with, these odd things that are not typical because it's not confined to a three-dimensional form. We have five senses to interpret three dimensions. That's all we got. You add one more dimension, we don't even understand what's going on. God is all dimensions simultaneously. He's here right now. We can't see him because we are not equipped to see the angles of somebody who is all dimensions simultaneously. See, this is physics. Another clue that God's real. If he's who he says he is, here's how he'd look. Hard to see. So hard to see that the only way we, he could be seen is if he dimensionalized himself. If he became one of us. Now he's been brought down to three dimensions, five senses, and I can see him now. And then I can watch him as he does miracles. Why? So he could show I am outside of the natural realm. I can intervene. Thus, I can prove I'm not a cult like they have all over the place. I'm real. I'll do miraculous things. I'll teach you things about life that you've never heard from any of your philosophers or your, or your pastors or, or any of your uh, uh, rabbis. So you're going to know I have a wisdom that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to be part of, a, uh, of an Old Testament book that, that you guys all read and understand, and I'm going to fulfill these prophecies so you know that I'm not trapped in time. I literally can do what I want because I'm God, and then I'm going to die, the ultimate death. We all know once you're dead, you're gone. Then I'll come back to life to prove that even death, which is the ultimate end, uh, doesn't harm me. I'm God. I died, but I'm God. I died, but I'm God. God died. We always think of it as Jesus as a man. He was. And God. Man died, came back to life. That's amazing. Sure is. How about a bigger one? God died. Came back to life to say, now you know I really am who I said I am. And then all these people who were frightened for their life because they believed in this guy saw him come back to life. And every one of them went to a martyr's death except one, because they said, the alien landed in my backyard, I saw it, and I'm going to talk about it whether you like it or not, because I know what I saw. So, now, obviously, I'm not, you know, I, I'm sure you guys are nuanced enough to know I'm not comparing God to an alien. I'm just making a point about how in, miraculous and difficult to grasp it would be. Okay, so when I talked about uh, a critical race theory, for example, earlier, I'm talking about because the church's job is to define these ideas in, in, in relation to what God would say so we can tell people what really is true. So here's what the, it does, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll go. I mean, I guess I can go a little bit longer because it's the second, but I know you guys got plans. You got, I'm sure there's a bowling league somewhere. <laughs> Let me make it, but I need to do this. I need to do this thing right here to help you understand something. The reason you should be here is, number one, to know God. Number two, to share God. But in order to do that effectively, you have to actually believe that this is real. It's not your religion. It's not your philosophy. It's not what you do on Sundays. It's not your tradition. Hey, Grandpa did it, so I'm doing it. If that's why you're here, I'm telling you, you're wasting space. You should go home. You wasted your Sunday. If you don't believe this is the truth, why be here? Seriously, you're going to hell anyways. Might as well go home and enjoy it while you're here. Well, that's a rough thing to say. Yes, it is. Maybe it'll keep you from going to hell. For God's sake, don't you care about truth? You should if you're Christian. This is why what I say is hard. I make a lot of noise, create a lot of damage, and spend the next six months your pastor trying to sweep it up. <laughs> You know why? Because he's a pastor. Different calling. He has a different way he has to deal with you people. I don't. 
Say, whatever is true, I've already been paid. I'm out of here. So let me make this very clear to you. I look around and I see in Idaho that is not the shape or, 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 or appearance, perhaps, that would have been 50, 60 years ago. There's more uh, different shades of humans, right? We've got Hispanics right here. We got, I don't see, I don't know if we have any black Americans here. I don't know, maybe. You are? Okay, well, okay, well, you pass. You're mixed, that's real. Okay, so we got a black guy, we got some Hispanic folks, right? Anybody other, any other uh, nas- uh, ethnicity here that I missed? What is it? Koreans are here? Good. This is America. This is what it looks like. All these people, right? Oh, let me finish my, sh- I'm always off. Multiculturalism says all cultures are equal. You know what, here's how you know if a country is great or not. Do people want in or out? It's not complicated. Nobody's digging holes trying to sneak into North Korea. Do you know that more Nigerians have uh, immigrated and more South Africans have immigrated to the United States in the past, I don't know, 30, 40 years than all the slaves that were ever brought here without them wanting to be here? Do you know there are some of the most successful people, uh, immigrants in America, are the Nigerians? Do you know that? These are Africans, black, who come to this racist nation and become pop famous and, and, and successful. You know why? Because they heard what everybody heard, that how racist and evil America is, this cancer. Well, guess what they did? They still held on to the American dream. They came here not believing the cancer. They believed the cure. And when they did, it worked. When they did, it worked. Has America had racism? Of course. Is that because America is evil? No, people are. Do you know that right now, as we sit here, there are millions of slaves in India? Right now, my church in, in, in uh, Nashville has a, a ministry where we get uh, Pakistani families out of brick kiln slavery. Something goes wrong in their family. They go to the brick kiln owner. Can I borrow some money? They don't have it. And then they say, now you got to pay it off. And they never can because it's 300 bucks, 500 but it always just keeps accumulating. Their entire children are part of the slave process, and they never get out. And we pay to get them out of slavery, out of slavery right now. The big problem is hundreds of years ago, founders had slaves. That's the problem. Not the fact that there's still slaves in other countries. Now, let's not let that bother us. The fact that 300,000 slaves came here was a terrible tragedy. The fact that 1.3 million of those slaves, uh, of slaves went to Brazil. Don't hear anybody talking about reparations for them. Who's more evil? Someone who sells a slave or buys one? I'm just curious. Who's more evil? You sell a slave or you buy one? Would you say it's equal? Yeah. European slave trade was evil. We all know that. Christianity taught us it's wrong. We're all made in the image of God. You know who sold the slaves to the Europeans? Black African tribes. Where's the reparations? Why aren't the blacks going to, back to Africa in their origin and saying, you've got to pay us. You, your people enslaved our people and sent us off here. And that would be legitimate. I'm not making excuses for slavery. It's, it's immoral. Christianity stopped the slave trade in America. William Wilberforce stopped it in England. The Quakers stopped it here. This is your legacy, Christian. We stopped the slave trade. We said it was wrong. Nobody else taught us that. In, in Greece and Roman, Roman times, if they had a baby and didn't want it, they'd leave it what they called to exposure. They'd put it on the side of the road. They, they didn't have any value for that. We, Christians, would pick it up and take it in because we believe the intrinsic value of life. That's why we don't kill our unborn babies. Christianity changed the world. It changed the world. That's your people. That's your people. You need to understand your faith. Study to show yourself approved under God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You're supposed to understand how your faith applies to the world. When somebody comes up to you and says, well, I identify as this or as that. You need to know as a Christian how to defend that. Why did I talk about the critical race theory? Number one, it's destroying America. It's making us go backwards and actually institutionalizing racism under the guise of getting rid of racism. 
Truth hurts. But this is what's more important. Listen to me. I'm going to compare something about what the world teaches and what God does between lies and truth. What did I say that critical race theory does? It puts people into groups. Cultural Marxism groups them so that they can be oppressed, okay? Now, here's the thing. Christianity 2,000 years ago had a cure. When the Bible said there is no Jew or Gentile. There is no bond or free. There is no male or female. Holy smoke. Are you telling me that God 2,000 years ago said there's no genders just like we're learning today? Keep in mind, at that time, women were pretty much property. If they got divorced, they had no way to make money for the most part. Have to beg or get married. Their rights, they weren't even, you couldn't even give her their testimony in court. It wasn't worth anything. They're women. And the Bible says there's no male or female. They're equal. That's big news 2,000 years ago in the Middle East because they're still oppressed in Iran right now. So what are you saying? That there really is no male, female? No, 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 no. God made women last in creation. He said that. After she was made, he said, it's very good. You are the completion of the universe, women. You are the most important component to God's creation because you are the ones that could continue the life. And you were made to complete the man. That's very special. And we need you because you have all the parts we want. I don't know if you should be saying things like that in church, actually. And my answer is always, matter of fact, that's exactly where it belongs because the sacred covenant of marriage was designed by my God. And I guess I'd rather teach it to the kids here where they can see it in a healthy way, designed with a holy covenant, as opposed to the schools handing out condoms. Grow up, church! If you don't say the hard things, you're not saying Christian things. If you're not saying things that convict, you're not saying things that can help people get free. If people don't hate you for your faith, not for being a jerk, if they hate you for your faith, rejoice. God said it's one of the proofs you're an actual Christian. What? You'll be hated. I thought everybody wants, isn't that what they teach? I want everybody to love me and feel good about me. That's what progressive teaches. We don't want to say anything in our church that makes people hate us. Good, but you're not a Christian. You're loving people to hell. What do you mean there's no genders? Didn't say that. He said, in the body of Christ, you always honor the unique way you were made. Because he said he made them male, female. What does that mean? Women are made differently. You think differently. Your bodies are different. Your construction is different. The, the biochemistry is different, just like it is in men. Men have a certain predispositions to lead, to, to be warriors, to start things. Women can do that, but they also can assist in so many other ways. They're important, crucial. And God said, when we come together, we become one. We make people that were equally, equally, equally important. Yes, honor your gender. It's unique. Honor your male gender. It's unique. But you don't identify by that anymore more. You honor it, but your identity is from this day forward, I'm a child of God. Well, that takes care of the gender problem. That takes care of the gender problem. There is no Jew or Gentile. What do you mean? That the Jews aren't there? Isn't that where the problem was? Because all the original Christian church were Jews. If you are an African-American, Honor your culture. You had one of the most difficult beginnings to this nation by far, except for perhaps the Native Americans. You had a bad deal given to you, period. No excuses. And once you were free, you weren't educated, 
You didn't have any money. You didn't have any skills. You were kind of stuck. And yeah, that kept passing on generation to generation. You had a hard, hard, hard time. You were a slave. We get to talk about the people leaving England and coming here because they wanted to escape religious persecution. These people were dragged from their homes and sent somewhere else. It's a different history. I get it. And in a couple hundred years, those people with the most ridiculously, ridiculously difficult start became the president, became a congressman, secretary of state, billionaire. You know what you should do, African-American? Celebrate your culture. It's magnificent what you accomplished under these circumstances. Be proud. Why do we always see difficulty as some kind of punishment? Why don't we see it for what God sees it is? A redemption. You've gone through the hell. I trust you with that pain. You're going to be redeemed. You're going to heal others. God always turns beauty from ashes. Always. So, so be grateful you're from Africa. Be grateful you're from South America. Be grateful for your Mexican heritage. Be grateful for your Korean heritage. The old cultures, be grateful for them. Embrace them, be joyful. Be grateful for your Irish heritage, your German heritage, whatever. Be grateful, honor it. It's got a long history, but you aren't identified anymore by your ethnicity if you're a real Christian. You you are a child of the living God. That's who you are. There is no bond or free, but there were slaves back then. What do you mean there's no slaves? Keep in mind, by the way, most of the slaves in biblical times were indentured servants. These were people who had a debt. They had to pay it off, and instead of it just being thrown in prison, they could go work for somebody and pay off the debt. Not a perfect situation, but guess what it allowed them to do? Give them some dignity. You get to pay off your debt. Still slaves. But that was what it was. This was not the typical, when we think of slave, they were taken, turned in. Now, there are those folks. Some people won in battle or whatever. But for the most part, we'll say, I thought the Bible said slavery is okay. No, it was talking about a different type of slavery, where you gave yourself a way to pay off a debt. Okay? That's like the Irish did when they came here, indentured servants, or those who paid for passage to come to America were slaves. Those who chose, not the, not the Africans. We already know that was a different situation. So... There is no bond or free. In other words, there is no class system in God's world. Some will be rich, some will be poor. Well, we, got, we need equity. What do they teach? Equity. Everybody gets equality. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't that be right? Wouldn't that be more godly if everybody gets equality? Uh-oh. Jesus said, the poor will always be with you. Guess Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. You know what that means? He's not God. So why follow But I do follow him. I think he's God. Okay, then you're going to have to dump this CRT nonsense, this cancer, and go back to Christianity because it's the truth. And here's what it says. If you are rich, you've been blessed by God, you now owe it to those who don't have as much to help them. If you're poor, don't be covetous of those. Do the best to get out of it, and I'll be with you, but this is what you get. Don't worry if you're a Christian. You're just passing through. Once you enter into glory, this won't mean nothing. Trust me, it's okay. But there's no bond or free. There's no class system. We don't get to be grateful if you got stuff, learn to be content in all things, but there is no longer an identity of I'm better because I'm richer or poorer, I'm less than. No, no, no. You don't get to identify by that. Not if you're a Christian. If you're something else, do whatever you need. Christian, don't get to be that. Your identity is always I am a child of the living God, and it's the only belief system in history that truly can unite every ethnicity, every gender, and every group of Americans, and United States members, and those in South America, and those in the Antarctic, and every single human on earth that they believe the Bible was true, we would have paradise. That's Christianity. So... Let me leave you with this, okay? I went very, very long, but I just, I felt like you guys enjoyed what you were hearing. It's not typical. So I do want to leave you with this very important point. The, I'm, I'm going to be out there. I do have 
uh, DVDs that I sell for comedy, all right, that you can buy. They're an hour long. I'm going to be here tonight, and you're going to see my comedy. It's going to be a whole different thing. Bring people that maybe don't go to church, but remember, I'm a conservative. I'm Christian, all right? I'm male, heterosexual, and I believe in the United States as the founders intended, not what it's become, okay? So that's what my comedy is all about. So be careful who you bring. And don't punish some leftist family member and tell them, just comedy. <laughs> just be careful. But maybe God has a place for me there for them because I'll speak truth. I'll speak truth in comedy because free speech is what God gave us. He said, you're free agency. You can believe in me or not. When you come to me in the end, we'll have to face that consequence. But I give you the freedom even to deny me. God gave us that. Founder said, our rights come from God. Okay? So keep in mind that the end of the story in our faith is there's an answer to every one of these questions that's, that's destroying America. I do not worship the United States of America. I worship Jesus Christ, but I am grateful for the United States of America. Okay? That's the difference. So, I want you guys to go home and enjoy your time. I hope you come back. Hope you bring a whole bunch of people who are going to laugh and you're going to get some crazy, you know, ideas thrown your way because that's what my ministry is, believe it or not. This is what it looks like. This is what I was told to do. And God is bringing me all around the country now speaking these ideas to people. Never saw it coming, but it's who I was called to be. And this is what you are. You're called to be something too. You're responsible for this territory. And if we have a shot, this nation surviving. It'll be because people like us believe the Bible is actually the word of God, believe that God can still intervene miraculously, and that there is a chance that he'll give us one last window of opportunity to watch freedom reign, liberty to be restored, and people coming together and saying, let's be Americans again, find some commonality, give each other the same freedom to disagree, and let's be Christians once and for all. Good night. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.